We're back with a fresh and new episode of the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. When you're here with us, it's important that you know that you can always expect content that lifts up the name of Jesus and the cross. These will be told through messages and conversations that are powerful, dynamic, and encouraging. A new resource that we want you to know about is our 24-7 helpline. No matter where you find yourself, if you just need someone to talk to, to pray with you, and to believe God for you in whatever that difficult season of life looks like, we want you to know that we're here for you. And if you know someone who maybe needs help because of addiction, you can give them the same number and we can help them begin their new life. That number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that's 888-520-0620. Today, we're jumping right into the Alumni Edition episodes from Spiritual Emphasis 2021. Today, you're going to hear an amazing conversation between Alberto and Ashley Bayo. Alberto's an alumni, he's a pastor, and the conversation is about the restoring of our relationships, families, and marriages. Listen in and be blessed today. Hey, uh, well, we're so excited uh, yeah. to be here again with you guys. Um, this is my beautiful wife, Ashley. Hello, Y'all can say hello to Ashley. Hello, hello. And, uh, we're both uh, Cuban-American. Uh, we're born here, but our parents were born in Cuba. Yes. And we actually met at the Teen Challenge Marriage Institute. Correct. <laughs> right. uh, uh, where are the TCMI students at? Uh, where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is hope. Ashley wasn't a student. I was actually sent to a church to do ministry at a church that she was serving at. Yes. And uh, that's where we met there. And, yes. So uh, the, the, the fishbowl is much bigger, y'all. Okay. So, it's not just narrowed down to TCMI. God will bring you your spouse wherever. They could be anywhere. They could be right under your nose. They could be 500 miles away. He will do it. It is tiny. And, and who knew my wife was in the hood? Southgate. Who bless knew God. I was there the whole time. Married a gangster boo. And so. Uh, <laughs> She oh, cute, but she will cut you, so you yes, gotta right. be careful. And That's so, right. uh, we've been married for 13 years, as I shared uh, last yesterday. You guys uh, were, were here with us, and yeah. um, we have four beautiful children and yes. a puppy. We live in Bakersfield, California. Yes. We're currently planning a church, and uh, just to give you um, an idea of what we're gonna talk about today, we were tasked with the uh, incredible privilege of being mm -hmm. able to share uh, about restoration. Yeah. Uh, restoration more in the context of relationships, maybe family and marriage. Yeah. And one of the things that God really placed on our heart as it pertains to today in this space was that uh, God has redeemed us. God is working on a restoration process continuously in our minds and in our hearts and constantly drawing us towards Him. And we thought, man, what, what a great space to be able to share how to have healthy relationships and yeah. how to have a healthy marriage. Now that God is restoring us, now that God has redeemed us, how can we have healthy relationships when the context of being single, ready to mingle? Come on, somebody. Yeah, and how, we, we didn't forget the singles. And how can we have healthy marriages moving forward? Right. And let's just be honest, many of you have been married for a lot longer than us. And the truth is that many of you can probably share a lot more insight. So we don't, mm -hmm. we don't try to come up here and say that we're professionals and we we're have it all experts. figured out. There's not a cookie cutter formula to marriage and to relationships. And uh, Pastor Mike, you said that. So we're going to share uh, 117 points on how to, uh, no, I'm just yeah, kidding. We hope you had a snack. Yeah. And so the, <laughs> we're going to be here until dinner next year. And yeah. so, um, 
We're gonna go ahead and unpack this idea about healthy singleness and relationships, and then we're gonna jump into marriages. So honey, would you pray for us, sure, please? Sure, Father, we thank you for just what you've already done in this place and what you're gonna to continue to do moving forward. We thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place, God. We thank you for your anointing in this place. We acknowledge all of us together right now as, as a body of believers that without you, we are nothing. God, we bring nothing to the table, but you bring it all, Father. We don't consider ourselves experts. There is one expert in this place, and it is you, Father. And so we thank you for this time. We pray, Lord, that if there are people struggling in their marriages right now in this place, Lord, that, Father, they would feel a sense of peace and rest and refuge in the Heavenly Father. And that, Lord, they would not hide from the troubles and the struggles, but that, Lord, they would face them head on, that they would reach out where help is needed. And those that are single, Father, that you would show us right now during this time what it is that you ask of us and what it is that you want us to focus on during that season, Lord. And so we thank you. We love you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And really quick for all the singles, after today, instead of an altar call, we're going to do speed dating and hand out purity oh. rings. So it's going to be it's going to be awesome. It's going to be wow. so cheesy. It's going to be great. Uh, you, know what, you know what's fun? I, I, I said to Alberto, I needed to, to kind of share this as we open. You know what's fun is that every advisor that was over Alberto and I's relationship when we were dating at TCMI is in this room right now. And so they are a, a testament to the fruit of our marriage. Truly, yes, truly. yes. They knew what we needed, not just what we wanted. I, so. still, I still text Pastor Nick asking permission to go on a date with you. And so I'm like, hey, can I take her to get ribs? And so... Uh, yeah, yeah. Cheryl, where are you? Do yeah. they still have that dating permission slips? Is that just is that old school I date myself? Honor the system, One person guys. said, yeah, I filled one out today. All right, bless God. Yeah. I'm sitting next to her right now. Listen, listen, Six listen. Six feet apart, though, but we good. Listen, I just want to say that if you are currently at the Ministry Institute. When you're in it, you don't understand the restrictions or the rules sometimes. You may think they're dumb. You may think they're not necessary because we think we know it all at that point in our lives. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you something. God honors when we honor the vision of the house. Amen. Okay? And it'll prepare you. It'll prepare you for what's to come in ministry because there's going to be plenty of things and situations where you're not going to understand the rules. You're not going to understand the church politics. You're not going to understand a lot of things. But there will be that time when you were a student where you say, God, I didn't understand those things, Lord. But it prepared me. It prepared me to submit to the vision of the house and so i just felt like i needed to share that this morning because i remember and i yeah, understand I, I was that dumb guy that didn't want to understand yeah. i tell my daughter now you can't date until fourth quarter she doesn't even know what that means right. so anyways right. it's like right. you will not date until fourth quarter you will okay? not. It's third. Yeah. hey but uh really quick we got a, we got 10 things that we just want to share with you real quick i know our time is limited and i didn't have a timer because i'm cuban so i'm never on time but i'm going to try my hardest yes but as we speak to the singles number one this is what we want to say to you stop giving into the pressure of having to have a relationship yes i think it's important to embrace the unique opportunities you have as a single person because you will not get that back once you cross the threshold into marriage and the truth is is if we've gone through teen challenge if we've mm -hmm. been through the program obviously we had a codependency problem right whether we were codependent yeah. on a substance 
whether we were codependent on alcohol, whether we were codependent on relationships, we yeah. were codependent on something to remove some type of pain that we didn't essentially want to deal with. And that's yeah. what happens when you come into faith, when you come into this new relationship with Jesus. Yes, right then and there, we cross over from death into life. Yes, right there, he has the ability to break chains, but the healing is a process that we're going to have to yes. continue to walk out in our journey. So just because we said yes to Jesus in a moment doesn't always mean that everything is completely gone. Faith takes work. And so us being people who were codependent, our natural tendency, when we start to feel a little bit better, when we start to look a little bit better, when we can now grow our beard, bless God, when we can now wear what we want, <laughs> amen. We, we sometimes are quick to kind of walk away from what God is calling us to in the season and quickly go back to our default mechanism, which was always dive into a relationship. Yes. And so we have to be careful to discern, is this God's timing for relationship or is this my default codependency kicking in in this moment, mm -hmm. causing me to force something that God isn't calling me to yes. in this season? Yes, I think that, you know, we talk about how comparison is a thief, right? It steals our joy, it can steal our perspective, it can steal even the voice of God speaking audibly in our lives when we choose to focus on comparison and what I've noticed as I've witnessed see far before we were in a relationship together through uh, through his time at TCMI I had been around Teen Challenge for years my closest friends my life friends had come out of Teen Challenge and so I got to observe for a while I got to kind of watch from the back corner of the room what would be done the right way and what kind of got a little messy and and all of the, the areas of opportunity I like to call them and a lot of times what I would see happen is that people would start comparing their narrative and the story that God is writing in their life to someone else's and they would think it has to look a certain way because so-and-so has this going on and it's happening for so-and-so and it's happening for this person it's not happening for me so maybe I need to adjust my narrative or maybe I need to fix my narrative or maybe I need to help God write my story because he's not getting it right. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we need to trust that he is writing out our individual narrative. When we are single, he can see so much further than what we could imagine. He's always at work behind the curtain. And so if we trust the process that my story is written and tailored individually for me by a loving father, Right? Then we'll be able to delight ourselves during that season of singleness instead of look at it with resentment or bitterness because maybe someone else has a different story. We just dropped the mic right there. They're expensive. Don't do that. Yeah, and no, so I won't drop it. I think, and even even as you step over into, as, as we're in TC Mines, we're single, when you cross over into the church, there's this, this weird subculture that gets people to think that marriage equates to success. Yeah. And then you step into the church world, and then you hear things, you're not married yet? When is he going to put a ring on it? I don't yeah. know when he listens to the Beyonce song. I have no idea. Right. When are, you gonna have kids? when are you going to do this? When? And so there's always this pressure around us and, and, mm -hmm. and to feel that marriage equates success. Yeah, there can be success in marriage, but there can also be fruit and success in our singleness. Yes. And so as Paul says, if you can remain single, beloved, go ahead and do it because you're going to be able to do a lot more. And so in that, just we got to be careful that we're not always equating marriage to only being successful. If you're walking in your singleness and you're bearing fruit and you're doing what God has called you to do, you're in the right lane at yeah. the right time. Yes, yes, yes. We get the opportunity when we're walking through our seasons of singleness no matter what that looks like or when that's happened or how old you are you get an opportunity just like anything else in the kingdom to look at it with a certain perspective it's gonna go one of two ways we either choose to take on the perspective of Christ 
right? Where we look at it and we see the areas of opportunity. We're, we see where we can lean in. We see where we can embrace this time. Let me tell you something. That time before you are sowing into a marriage and you're just sowing into your own spiritual walk, it's just you and God, you and the Father. That time is a gift. That time is a time of cultivation. That time is a time of breeding ground. That time is a time where you get some a window of grace to deal with yourself, to deal with the things that maybe you don't want to see other people uh, notice in you alone between you and God, meaning your spouse or your partner doesn't have to deal with them. You get to do that privately so that when he does bring your partner, your helpmate, your spouse, you've gotten yourself a little bit more together. Not for your own glory, not for your own glorification, but it's less baggage that you're bringing into a marriage relationship because we're all gonna come in with some baggage. I didn't have to go through the program to come in with my own baggage. Well, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I saw that I thought you cut the mic, man. <laughs> I didn't. And so I wanna give you a little bit of perspective. I had my own stuff I had to deal with. I came from a fatherless home. I didn't have maybe certain coping mechanisms, but there's always one. There's always something we're leaning on as a crutch. And so God had to deal with me too. And what favor, honestly, and what grace he has on his children to say, I know when you're ready. I know what I need to work out before you get to the next step or else it's going to be incredibly difficult and it doesn't need to be. That's good. That's good. Amen. Uh, number two, if you're still taking notes, uh, this is for the singles. There's a such thing as God's permissible will versus God's perfect will. Yes. I want to thank Melissa Peraglio for grinding this into my head. Bless yes. you. Thank you. Let's take an offering for her right now. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord, for the but days we need to sell that back into our ministry, okay? Listen, that woman spoke life into both of us and put us in our place whenever we needed it. So Don't we tell thank her that. The Lord. She's going to know she was right. We thank the Lord. We can tell her that now. I know. Before the promise, there always comes a counterfeit blessing. Yeah. Before the promise comes a counterfeit blessing. Before the promise comes the counterfeit blessing. Yep. Before Isaac, there is an Ishmael. That's before right. uh, Sarai, there is a Hagar. Yeah. And so you have to understand that before the promise, there's always something that comes to test you to see if you'll settle for what's good or come if you'll on. wait for God's best. Jesus. And all you, this isn't just rhetoric that I've come with. This comes straight out of the Bible. Yes. When you look at Abraham, I said this last night, if you were listening, when God declared that the baby was coming, it was 25 years until it came. At, 11, at year 11, Sarai got frustrated. Abraham was like, I'm frustrated. Sarai's like, sleep with Hagar. He's like, no brainer, okay. And then they have Ishmael. And now we're still dealing with the ramifications of that. But thank you for the mercy of God that he still blessed him with the promise after that. So if we're not careful, if we're too ahead of God, if we're too ahead of the game, we might get ahead of ourselves, get ahead of God, and step into something that is good, but not God's best. Yes. And oftentimes we're so used to settling for what's good because you don't feel like you deserve God's best. Come so on. now you have to begin to flip the paradigm how God sees you how you see God and how you see yourself recognizing that every good and perfect gift is from the Lord of God and you yes. are deserving of God's goodness and God's greatness amen yes so you got to be careful that you don't settle and a lot of us I've seen a lot of people settle in their relationships and then they get married and then now they have to unpack all of these issues. Yeah. And so there's God's permissible will and then there's God's perfect will. I was thinking of this, uh, this idea. I used to work in retail management and I used to have to deal with cash. 
And anytime we would hire an employee, uh, we'd have to teach him how to work with the cash at the cashier's box. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, we used to have this marker. And what you would do is if you wanted to detect the bill to know if it was real or fake, come on, some of y'all know because you printed them. All you would have to do, <laughs> see me after service. <laughs> Just kidding. We, we would, come on, tell the truth, shame the devil. <laughs> Ain't nobody here held a counterfeit bill, come on. Somebody didn't know Paco that printed him in the alley anyways. And so, we would, have to, uh, we would have to train them with the marker. But then sometimes they would make these papers that were so good that they would, the marker wouldn't be able to detect it. So what we would do is we would teach them how to feel the real thing and how to feel the fake thing in order to detect the fake thing. Yeah. So what we would do is we had a counterfeit bill and we would give them a stack of bills as change. We would put it in the middle. We would give it to them as we were paying and we would have them count the amount and have them feel it. And they would be able to detect the fake one. Why? Because they had worked with the real thing for so long and they knew what the real thing felt like. So yes. anytime a fake thing came their way, yes. they were able to say, that ain't real. You got to go, boo boo. I'm here to tell you, we love God. We know how God speaks. We know how God works. We know how God loves us. We know how God views us. So anytime a counterfeit comes your way, you can say, hold on, boo boo. You ain't God's best for me. I know God's got something better. You a counterfeit. Maybe yeah. you're the real thing for someone else, but not for me. You got to go. Yeah. I want to talk about the weight just for a minute. He talked about Abram and Hagar and Sarai and the narrative of, of waiting 25 years. And I know that when, when you're going through the program, when you're going through the first year and then the second year should you choose to go to TCMI that one to two year period can feel a lot like 25 years because your life has been radically changed and transformed and you have a new experience and a new outlook on life and so you're thinking it's time it's time for me to get my whole life together all within one year's time right because this is my new life this is what I'm stepping into this is the new thing and so I've got to get all these parts in order and all these things together in order for me to be a successful follower of Christ and can I just tell you that the weight is a gift can I just tell you that that year that feels like 25 is a gift because in my Bible and Isaiah it says that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength and so if you're feeling weary in the weight if you're feeling tired in the weight if you're feeling discouraged in the weight if you're feeling like God isn't seeing you or hearing you in the weight you can have your strength renewed should you choose to receive on, that so from the Lord should you choose to receive that that perspective of Lord this weight is gonna renew my strength in a way that I would have never experienced had I not chosen to wait on you so good and I think, you know, I think in the church, we've, we've just got to be honest, I feel like we've done a poor job trying to cookie cut relationships. Yes. Uh, I feel like we've, we've created this process or this system. And if you don't fit into that system or you don't fit into that process, then maybe it's not going to turn out. And then you look at someone else's story and you're like, okay, my story has to be just like that. Correct. And if it's not just like that, then it's not going to be a good story. And I think that if God is the author and the finisher of our faith, then he is the author of our love story. And he's uniquely writing each of our love story the way that he desires to. And it's different. I think that there's biblical uh, uh, principles that we can extract and apply them to help us in the process. And so when I look at, when I look at uh, 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 this perfect kind of idea of, of, of a relationship and how it transpired, this isn't a formula, but it's just something for us to right. ponder. I look at Adam's, Adam and Eve's narrative. I mean, God took Adam and he placed him in the Garden of Eden. That word Eden in the original language means delight. 
that means that God had a desire that Adam would delight in him first. Yeah. And then you jump, jump to Psalm 37, 4. If you delight yourself in your boo-boo, no. no. If you delight yourself in your boy, no. If you no. delight yourself in the Lord, yes. then he will give you the desires of your heart. So we have to understand that Adam was in a place of, of, of delighting in God, mm -hmm. and he was also in a place of contentment. When Paul talks about being content in all things, when you break that town down, it means the all-sufficiency of Christ. Yeah. That means this, whether well-fed or whether hungry, whether poor or whether balling, in whatever circumstance, in whatever situation, Jesus is my all, Jesus yes. is my only, Jesus is my everything, Jesus is all that I need in every season of my life, including my dating life. Yes. And then what you also see in that story is a sense of alignment. Adam was aligned with God. He was aligned with his will. Aligned it leads to the assignment the brother had a job amen wow. he was naming animals and it says that when God saw that he was he was working in La Finca amen so he was very passionate right? and, so, and then it said that when it said when God saw that it was not good for him to be alone when God saw when it was God's desire mm -hmm. when your desires line up with God's desires you see the manifestation and the fulfillment of the blessing that he's calling us to and then it says it's not good for man to be alone. And now yeah. God had to stir up a godly desire. And what did he do? He brought animals two by two. He brought the chickens, the zebras, the chupacabras. He brought the cucarachas. He brought everybody out. Adam was like, I don't see, I don't see a cucaracha for me. What's going on? God's like, I'm going to take care of that. And right. so he created a desire in Adam. And it was at that moment when he said it's not good for man to be alone that he brought Eve into the narrative. Why? Because Adam's next dimension of his assignment could not be done alone. It required Eve as well. I'm not saying that this has to be the actual flow, but there's just this idea of delighting in God and understanding this idea of contentment. It doesn't mean you can't desire a spouse. It doesn't mean that at all. But if we just look at that and we can understand it's okay. It's going to be okay. You want to go to number yeah. three? Uh, yeah, number three, don't compromise your standards and convictions for companionship. So, Say that one more time, Mama. Say that one more time. Don't compromise your standards and convictions for companionship. Okay. I will drill this in as long as I live with those that are single. Because if we get this right as much as we can, right? Because there's always room for error. We will be blessed. We will be blessed. And a lot of times what we overlook during the waiting period is really fine-tuning our standards. There is nothing wrong with having high standards. You should have high standards as an heir to the, the royal family that you've been adopted into. You should have high standards. That is not arrogance. That's you understanding who you are and who God has created you to be. And so therefore you will not settle for less than God's best for your life. And so a lot of times what happens is we overlook our convictions, what's really down deep in there, in our soul. We overlook our standards for the sake of, of companionship. And you know what? That creates a recipe for disaster in relationships because what ends up happening is when the butterflies have flown away and the hard eyes are no longer there and the excitement has kind of died down of the beginning phases of a relationship, resentment will start to creep in and we will start to hold over their head the exact thing that we chose to compromise on. The, the exact thing we chose to settle Dang, on. you better say that. We will hold it over our spouse or our partner's head and it's not their fault. That's not for them to get the brunt of. That's your responsibility for settling 
That's your, uh, your bad for lowering your standards when you had the opportunity and the time and the waiting period to get alone with God and say, okay, God, I think I know what I want. We all know what we want, right, in our relationship with God. We always know what we want, not just pertaining to relationships. Thank the Lord he doesn't give us what, he want, what we want half the time. Because we know what we want, and we've got it all figured out up here, but he knows what we need. And so I can see I know what I want in a spouse. I know what I want in a husband or a wife. But thank the Lord that he knows what I need. Because those deep, deep things in our hearts, the things that haven't even been revealed to ourselves, that only the Holy Spirit knows, those are the things that come out when you're in a marriage relationship. Those deep, deep things are what get exposed when someone else is there to challenge them. When someone else is there to kind of poke at them. When someone else is there to extract them. Because God uses, I think, our spouses more than anyone in our lives. Should we choose to be receptive? Should we choose not to fight against it? And so if we settle on our convictions and our standards early on in this thing, we're setting ourselves up for failure, not the other person. We can't blame the other person and ask them to hold responsibility for what we chose to walk into. And so don't compromise, don't settle. Understand who you are, get alone with God and say, God, what are your standards? What do you wanna see in, the, in my future marriage? What kind of person do you see me align with? And when that temptation comes, cause it'll come knocking on your door, the more you delight yourself in him, the more the enemy is sitting at your door waiting to tempt you, waiting to put thoughts in your mind of loneliness and isolation. The, the bigger the assignment, the bigger the attack. And so the more you get an alignment with him the more the enemy will come and prowl and say you don't need to be alone you just need to find a partner to help you through this you don't need to be in isolation you could just be like so and so just go ahead and compromise that one little thing isn't going to matter 10 years from now that one little thing will be like a bomb went off in your marriage and so don't settle there's no need for it god's not in a hurry and so you shouldn't be either hey i'm gonna go home that was just and God definitely uses your spouse to help point out that I feel like you and the Holy Spirit are tighter than I am because he, he be speaking to I you mean, in like all kinds of ways. And so obviously we've talked a little bit to the singles and, um, yeah. you know, I was just thinking as you were talking and, and TCMI, I worked there. I love TCMI. It's my favorite place. My one of my favorite times of ministry. Yes. Um, it, it was incredible. Um, um, I can't tell you how many times being a student advisor, I would see so many students come in so passionate and so lit up and so on fire. And then they would make these decisions before the due time, before the appointed time, and they would yeah. step into these relationships that really were going to have no weight or significance or worth or value within the context of the year that they were there. And end up giving in their times and just watching God, just watching them no longer operating the call that God had for them because mm -hmm. they were willing to compromise the call for the sake of companionship. Yeah. And if you have to do that, I don't think that that lines up with the will of God. If you have to bow out early, if you have to compromise the timing, and if you have to compromise and move and make moves to make it happen, I don't think that's a God move. Yeah. And so stay in your lane and celebrate your lane because yes. it's a good, good lane. Yes. Amen. And as we jump into Mary's, and I know we have about uh, to 17 minutes, I think it's 1110. 1110. 11, 11, 10. 11, 10. I'm good. You got 10 oh, I got 10. Oh, good. You can't tell people I got. Okay, here we go. We're going to rush. Uh, number four, as we speak to Mary's, marriage doesn't solve your baggage. Instead, it exposes it. Yes. It does, marriage doesn't solve your problems. It exposes your problems. And what happens is we try to hold on to our issues 
with the excuse that your partner has their own issues and then it becomes a license not to change. Mm. And so sometimes if we want to hold on to something, we find something in our spouse that they're holding on to and we don't confront that issue because we don't want them to confront our issue because yeah. we want to be comfortable in this moment and then we never move forward and then we never change. Yeah, you know, you know who else assigns blame? Satan. Mm. He loves to assign blame. And he loves to get us into that mindset that I don't have to fix myself. They need to work on themselves. And when they decide to work on themselves, I'll start working on me. That's a long waiting game. It's a long waiting game. And pride comes before destruction. And so oftentimes in marriages, the reason we're not seeing restoration happen. First of all, restoration is a process. Reconciliation is a process. When you go through the program and now you have to face the same people that you burned. Right? When you have to face the spouse that maybe had to wait on you for a while, had to go through some devastating things while they waited on you, had to go through loss while they waited on you. This isn't to condemn. There is grace. But restoration is a process. And most people, when they're on the other side of this, it's going to take some time. They're going to need some time. And that's where we need to step in as individuals with grace and say, you know what? God gave me my time and I'm going to give you your time. Because God help us had he not given us grace. Had he not allowed our, us to take our time and figure this out and finally say, okay, I surrender. Where would we be? And so the same thing goes with restoration in our marriages and in our families. It is a process. There is an order that needs to happen before we see full restoration. You can't skip steps. There needs to be health executed through every step. Mending through every step. And that's going to look different for everyone. There is no exact formula. You should do this, 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 and this. But I am going to tell you that it's going to take some work. And it's going to take some humbling. And it's going to take some sacrifice. And it may take a lot of sowing before you reap any fruit from it. Yeah. But stay faithful. Stay the course. Be patient. Be filled with grace. You are called to extend grace. And sometimes our families and our spouses... They get the least amount of it from us. That's good. Move it really quick. Number yeah. five, uh, we're speeding this up. Great marriages don't just happen. You have to work for them. Dear Lord. The, uh, the Apostle Paul was in the context of communion in the message says familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. And sometimes what happens is within the context of our marriages, we become very familiar with one another. Yeah. And as things become familiar, then we start operating in a place of contempt. Mm -hmm. And so we have to work hard on our marriages. We have to fight for our marriages. I would be lying to you if we told you that everything has been peachy keen for the past right. 13 years. We're actually bleeding through this message with our own experiences yes. and the things that, that we've encountered. Mm -hmm. We've we've had to live this, but you realize that marriages, uh, great marriages don't just work. If I could be honest, Ashley and I probably operate operating in a level of contempt doing ministry for a season yeah. until all of a sudden there was that bomb explosion in our marriage when when we were like what happened where yeah. did I go wrong where did you go wrong and realizing that we weren't putting the work into our marriage because whether we put ministry first or we put other things before each other or we put right. other things that you don't think you're ever going to do it's the little boxes that spoil the vine yes. and so we didn't realize until there was a bombshell nuclear going off moment in our marriage that we truly hadn't been working on our marriage because we hadn't been working on each other yeah. to the extent oftentimes we look at our spouse and we look at the, pro the problem that they have and we're reluctant
reluctant to say, well, let me work on my problem because I can't change their problem. But if I change my problem, maybe it'll inspire them to change their yeah. problem. And then we can work together to make this marriage healthy and what God has called it to do or called it to be. And so how do we keep our marriages healthy? Well, we have to constantly add fuel yes. to our marriage. We can't let the fire go out. As Moses instructed, the burnt offering, you got to keep adding wood to the fire. Don't let it burn day mm. in and day out. I don't yeah. buy into that myth that passion dies out. Passion dies out if we let it die out. But if we do the things that we were called to do in the beginning, it restores yeah. our love back to what it was before. As the book of Revelation says when John is addressing the church, some of us have to go back to the beginning and do the things that we did in the beginning. You might not have butterflies in right. your tummy at the moment because our love has to override our emotions. Love is a commitment, not an emotion. Yes. When you said I do, that was not an emotion. That was a commitment. Yes. So when you wake up in the morning and you turn over and they got the bad breath, the crust in their eye, the hair is this way and wow. this way, and you're looking a little older and you're smelling a little more, you got to realize that love is not the emotion. Mm -hmm. It is the commitment that we made to one another. Mm -hmm. And so dating regularly, having strong communication. I can't tell you how many couples we counsel. And yeah. at the root of it, there's no communication yes. or lack of communication. Women, we're not mind readers. <laughs> Tell us what you want. <laughs> Tell them what you want. Tell them what you over-communicate. We, we got to rush, but yeah. this, I always think about, there's preventative maintenance versus damage control. You yes. want to know when couples come to Ashley and I? when they're already in damage control mode. Yeah. Right, I mean, if all of us have cars and we have to take our car to get an oil change every 3,000, 5,000 miles, depending if you got a hoopty, if you got a luxury, right? And so and so you gotta take your car to get an oil change to get the fluids filled. If you didn't do that, then what would happen? Eventually your car would bust down, the pistons would freeze within the engine and now you would be in damage control. Yeah. If marriages would operate more along the lines of preventative maintenance, then we wouldn't have to lean on the side of damage control. Right. What can I implement into my marriage right now? Now, to have that preventative maintenance take place, whether it's dating, communicating, what is it that I need to do to keep the love tank full and keep it moving forward? Yes, yes. The principle of sowing and reaping. What you sow into your marriage. Let me tell you something. The One of the greatest witnesses that we have for the church in this hour is a healthy marriage that reflects the heart of Christ. Amen. Because why would people, Pastor Steve talked about this, why would people want to come into our churches if we're a mess ourselves? Does it mean that we can't make mistakes? Of course not. Does it mean that we have to operate under legalistic thinking of course not there's grace but if we are not cultivating and sowing into our yeah. marriages we are not going to reap mm -hmm. success it's just not going to happen we're going to go so in a never-ending cycle so those marriages that you see that you want to emulate or that you're inspired by they come on a back end of a lot of sowing a lot of work a lot of hard-pressed seasons a lot of pain even yeah. right and, a lot of challenge. And we have four minutes left, but if I can say one thing, I just yeah. want to say this. Let me tell you something. Therapy is okay. Yes. It Please is go. okay to go see a Christian counselor. Please I will go. just go ahead and lift the taboo because at TCMI, we take a Christian counseling class, sure but do. God forbid we ever go see a Christian counselor right. ourselves. And so sometimes that's what we do. I'm going to be real. In preventative maintenance, we see a Christian therapist to have somebody to, uh, to process with individually it's changed and process with collectively. Yeah. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit that is our counselor, but yes, the Holy Spirit gives wisdom to other people with greater degrees and greater insight right. to be able to help us. Yes. That's like me. That's like you said. Saying, well, I don't need to go to church because I can read my Bible. So what do we need a pastor for? Right. Right. So then what do we need? So some of us need to lean on that side. And usually we think about that when it's too late. Even and, our marriages need accountability. And, last, and that's what it is. You said sowing and reaping. I'm going to go ahead and just go here. The last sure. one. We'll end at number six. 
people always ask us, how do you balance your life? A lot of you own businesses or you're in ministry or whatever. Uh, we don't know how to balance our lives. Right. Uh, we think that balance is actually a myth. Yeah. And we don't live a balanced life. We've tried that before. And what happens is, is you have all these plates spinning mm -hmm. and you're trying to keep the plates spinning and then one falls and then you're disappointed. Right. And so we don't live our life value ba or, or balance based. We live our life value based. And yes. so even as you're single, this can apply for you. In your marriages, you should make you should have a list of values because whatever you value is what you give your time, talent, and treasure to. And so you have to create a list of what you value most. Yes, my relationship yeah. with God. Yes, I value my spouse. Yes, I value my children sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Right? I value my ministry. I value my speaking career. Whatever it is, because whatever I list in the order of values is going to determine what we give our time and our attention yes. to. And some of us were so out of alignment with our time and our schedules that it doesn't leave time for dating, doesn't leave time for anything. So I would ask you, what are you valuing more? Are you valuing ministry more than your spouse? Are you valuing your friends more than your spouse? What, or what are we valuing more? Can I just say very quickly, for those of you that are in active ministry or that are in full-time ministry, that are wanting to go into pastoral ministry or have been in it for years, the people in the ministry will always be there. There will always be the opportunity for that. It will always, it's not going anywhere, to be quite frank. What won't always be there is your spouse if you don't tend to them. Your children if you don't invest into them. We get one chance to raise them. One opportunity. One marriage, hopefully. And the ministry will always be there. You can always go back to it. God does not care about your platform and how many people you're inspiring. He truly doesn't. What he cares about is how you're cultivating the first and most important ministry, which is your home, your marriage. How do you reflect him in your marriage re relationship? How do you reflect him in your relationship with your kids and how you talk to your kids and how you address issues in their life and how they're walking out their individual walks? Because once they leave the nest, that's it. That's it. Are they knowing to make wise decisions? Are they learning to be discerning? Are they learning the things that we spend so much time pouring into others? Are we pouring it into them? That's your first ministry. And so if you may be going through a time where you're feeling completely overwhelmed in your marriage, in your home life with your children, because you feel like you can't come up for, for air from the ministry, ask for some help. Get some laborers around you. Talk to your staff. Talk to your people and take the time that you need to sow into that marriage and into that family. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. Once again, thank you for choosing our podcast today. We hope that you're comforted, encouraged, and strengthened in the Lord today because of it. Don't forget to subscribe, though. It's easy. Just go to wherever you're listening right now and click subscribe. God bless you today.